This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Curator Ministries. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the table. I am Pastor Maria Reynolds, and I'm here in the studio today with my producer, Sam, and my husband, Doug. Thanks for uh, being here, babe. That's great to be here. So we just got off the heels of all the Christmas chaos. <laughs> I guess we all survived it, right, Sam? Um, Christmas was a little bit different for us. It was a lot of like sickness kind of going through our extended family. So we usually have, what, 16, 20 people for dinner, Doug. Uh, this year we were down to just us, which was actually kind of nice. It wasn't It wasn't real real chaotic. Uh, the dinner wasn't anyway. So it was actually actually kind of nice. So just got through Christmas digging out from that. Kids had a great time and got way too many presents. Um, but now we're kind of cruising into the new year. So I guess we have New Year's Eve coming up this weekend, which always begs the question about New Year's resolutions. Do you have any New Year's resolutions or intentions for 2024 doug oh yes we had this discussion last night and i'm giving up brussels sprouts um so. <laughs> that was one of the the ongoing jokes so doug said he was going to try to go a year sam without eating french fries and claire was like oh, give me something easier dad and he was like how about brussels sprouts she's like deal <laughs> so <clears throat> she's going to give up all green vegetables i guess at least for the foreseeable future through 2024 but in reality do you have anything that you're going to tackle or try to have a resolution for resolving that I, I really haven't yet it usually takes me but i think about it usually these days and you know a few years ago i gave up drinking soda and i've I not had that. a soda in like four or five years now mm-hmm. i remember that i mean you're talking about how, how good you felt yeah year. it really was because I, I really drank too many diet sodas i've mm-hmm. heard all those were bad so i tried to stop drinking as much diet and drink regular and that's a it's a lot of sugar so yeah um, that was a good decision probably and once you don't drink it a while you don't like have any no way how your taste change. Right. You don't have an inkling to want it. Yeah. I've done that before. For Easter, I've never given up a year. But for Lent, I've given up, definitely have given up sugar and different things. And when I would go back, like I would like think in my mind, oh, I can't wait till Lent's over. I'm going to have fill in the blank. Usually it's like banana pudding. Or, and then I will have that thing and it doesn't taste the same. Did you have that experience too? I haven't had to try it. So like I don't have a desire. Oh, you I'm haven't a, drank it since? No. I Like I don't have a, like a, and I think if I had like a sip of certain things, I'll try this. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I wouldn't say it tasted different, but like I don't have a inkling or really like I used to really want a soda. Like I really enjoyed them. Like oh, I can't wait till this afternoon. I want to have me a diet coke at yeah. two o'clock when I finish up with this. Now I don't do that, and it's probably a net good thing. Hmm. What's interesting with me is that when I've given up things like that, and I will reintroduce it for myself, and I'll take a bite of it, it doesn't taste the same as I remember. Instead of just saying, oh, well, that's not quite what I remembered and putting it down, I just keep eating it thinking that my taste will change and it'll get better, but it never does. Have you ever done that before? Like you've tried something and you thought, oh, I'm really going to love this. Or it's going to, or you, you know what I mean? It just didn't quite hit the same, but you just kept <laughs> like pushing through. Have you ever done that before? No. Maybe. That's, yeah, that's, just, a, that's, that's just, just a me. That's just a me thing. Um, anyway, <clears throat> um, actually thought about the you brought up last night at dinner about the about the resolution thing and i i thought about that uh throughout yesterday evening and and this morning and i think i'm i'm not i think i'm not going to give anything up i think i'm going to break some things down and i think that i'm going to try to add some things so a, a little bit different um take on my resolution so if i'm being really transparent um I have really been grappling with a lot of facets of my faith this year. So I have been 
posed with a lot of really hard questions. And, and Sam, this doesn't come as any surprise to you. I'm very open with the, the students in my class about uh, what I've walked out this last year. Um, but it has pushed me to a place where I have to know what I believe, know why I believe it, and then ask myself, does this belief hurt other people? And that's been a very hard process for me. And so I'm sitting in the pocket and I'm thinking about all of the questions that, and I know it's a God thing. I mean, God is just, he's pushing this because it's it's a rapid fire. It seems like it's happening all the time. All these questions that I'm being asked or having to ask myself um, that are incredibly uncomfortable, um, all lead me to, to one place, and it is, you know, why Jesus? Why Jesus? Why not Muhammad? Why not all of these other prophets that claim to, you know, all the things that they claim? Why Jesus? And I think back about the instances where I have talked to people or heard people being talked to either way um, who, have, who have asked about why, you know, that question, why Jesus? And you, you give the, the quintessential Christian answer, which is true. Because Jesus died on the cross. He was the image of God um, manifest on earth um, to save us from our sin. He died on the cross. He, he bled for our sins. He resurrected, and he sits at the right hand of God. And because of that, now we are reinstituted in our, in our rightful place with, with Yahweh, with God. Absolutely the truth and absolutely mythological sounding. So when I am staring at the face of another eternal being, who has had no church experience, and I give that answer, though it is complete in truth, it it sounds so far fetched to them that they 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 are like that doesn't even seem like relatable. <laughs> Does that make sense? And I know that sounds heretic, and I know I know what it sounds like, but I'm just being honest. Whenever I'm sitting talking to my sons about why the Bible doesn't seem relevant to their age demographic, why it doesn't seem appealing to even my age demographic, all signs point back to that. They cannot identify with that story. And so when you when they ask you why Jesus, I need a better answer than the than the than the not a better answer. That's the correct answer. I just need something that they can understand. Does that make sense? Um and I think to understand what I believe and why I believe it, I'm actually going to kind of deconstruct and start over. <laughs> I know that sounds heretic and crazy, but I'm going to start in the book of Matthew. Um, I'm going to read through the epistles of men that walked with Jesus, that walked with the Christ. Um, first, I have to, I have to um, come to the place where I believe that he died. I have to believe that he resurrected, and I believe those things. If you don't believe those two things, then nothing else in the Bible means anything. You have to believe those two things, right? Because if I don't believe he died and resurrected, then I don't believe he was credible. If I don't believe those two things, then nothing else he said has any credibility. That that act of death and resurrection made everything he said up to that point credible and proved that he was the Messiah. Agreed? So I believe that. Um, So I'm going to start with Matthew, and I'm just going to read through, and I'm going to reintroduce myself to the Christ, Um, every facet of him, good, bad, indifferent. Um, And then hopefully at the end of this year, I'll have a better answer, 
for why Jesus. So that's my New Year's resolution. <laughs> Audience, I wish you could see the faces that I'm getting right now. Their, their eyes are as big as I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she just said that. I don't think I'm able to one-up that one. <laughs> I don't, I don't well, it's not a competition. We're not trying to one-up anybody. I just, I just, um, I want a more authentic walk with God. <clears throat> and I think for a more authentic walk with God, it has to be my own. And I think a lot of my faith up to this point in my life is borrowed. It's borrowed revelation from other people, and um, I just um, want to know what I know, why I believe what I believe. Does that make sense? Do you feel like you believe things that you're not supposed to believe? Do I feel like I believe things that I'm not supposed to believe? I don't know. You'd probably give me a a case-specific instance of that. Um, I know that I believe things that are not popular, um, and I want to get to the root to make sure that that's something that is a, a God thing, that's God-driven, biblically sound, and not just something that um, someone taught me. Does that make sense? What do you believe that's not popular? I believe that homosexuals can be Christians. I do not believe that someone who is participating in the sexual act of, ho- of homosexuality um, can have a right relationship with God, and the two are different. I believe that all men and women, no matter what your bend, oh Lord, Sam, I can I can feel it tingle. I, I'm going to get called down by Pastor for this. I can see it coming. Anyway, um, I believe that all men and women um, have temptation. They have um, bends to them, right? Um, impulses. I think that the strongest men and women that you will ever meet are people who have temptations and choose not to act on them. Um, So I believe that you can have a temptation um, for for to you know to be physically attracted to someone of the same sex and never act on it and absolutely be in right standing with God. Um, I, however, don't believe that you can if you are acting on that sin or any sin. For that matter so i know that's not popular but that's my belief um <laughs> again wide eyes and sam is snickering <laughs> anyway <clears throat> let's switch subjects before i get fired <clears throat> that's my resolution i'm going to dig deep in the bible and and really um mine out the places that i'm wrong the places that you know, he want that God wants to 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 change some of my mindsets, some of my perspectives. Make sense? Yes. So anyway, anyway, we celebrated our marriage, our wedding anniversary yesterday. Sam, we have been married twenty one years. Um, and so I was kind of giving some some thought um, to that. Twenty one years is a long time to walk out life with someone. Um, one of our wedding pictures popped up, and I thought, "My God, we look like babies." <laughs> we, we did. She still looks the same. I, I look, I look like a baby. Listen, yeah, I'm I, an old man. I you, pay she looks a the dermatologist same. a lot of amount of money for Botox. Okay, to look she the, looks same. the same. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but I thought about, I thought about that picture, and, and the picture I'm referencing is we were we were um, doing our first dance, and I remember. Um, thinking that is the first um, 
that was the first community that God ever created was the union of marriage. So you think about like <clears throat> in in the garden when Adam and Eve were created for one another, that was the first union. That was the first community long before children. That was the, that was the first sense of community. Um, and that community, you know, was loving and it was in harmony and it was peaceful and it was content. They trusted um, one another. The heart of it was pure, right? Um, and then you fast forward, that's Genesis 1, you know, 1, and then fast forward to Genesis 3, and they're outside of the garden. We know why. And now they've started a family, but they've started a family now in this community that has the presence of discontent and hatred. Remember, their sons um, had this adversarial relationship. Um, jealousy has been inter- introduced, um, dishonesty and violence, distrust. All of these things now are in the presence of this communities who had these parents who um, had a heart and had seen the, the, the former kingdom. And I'm going to call it kingdom number one. That was the heaven on earth, which is the kingdom of God. So when you think about the kingdom of God and you experience those things, harmony, peace, content, trust, love, that's the kingdom of God. They chose the other kingdom, which was <clears throat> That discontent, that jealous, those things are present in the, and so you have them trying to raise a family with a heart for kingdom number one, because that's what they know, right? But in the presence of kingdom number two. Does that make sense? And then I thought about us. I remember, I remember in that picture, all of those things being present, all of the harmony and the love and the trust and all of those things. Um, and those, those things are still there today at 21 years later. We have had to walk out 21 years of life and raising children in the in the space of all of those things in kingdom number two, the distrust, the disharmony, the jealousy, the anger, that you know, fill in the blank, not even towards each other. I'm just talking about just life in general. Does that make sense? And I think about one of the hard questions that um, I have been asked that kind of got me into this space of my New Year's resolution, is how can a God who is all-knowing and all-loving allow this violence and all this, all this, all these things, how can he allow that to happen? And one of the things that jumps out at me when you look at that story of Adam and Eve is they only experienced those adversarial things when they were in the absence of God, when they had removed themselves from His presence through choices. It was ultimately a choice, right? And so I think about, we ask these questions like, how do we change our community? How do we change... How do we change school shootings? Is, Is the answer more gun control? How do we, how do we, you know change racism is it more through education how do we change these systematic issues that we have right that are that are hurting people and the question and i don't think that the answer is more laws and regulations i think it's a hard issue it is changing the heart of man um when you look at the ministry of jesus that's what it was. It, he wasn't regulating, mandating. He wasn't political. He was trying to literally change the heart of man. And when you look at how he taught 
that if we would adhere to those lessons, then not only could we change our household and our first community, but we can change the community outside of our household and our world through the change of the hearts of man. Does that make sense? That makes sense. So anyway, we'll put a pin in it here because Doug needs to catch his breath. I've, I've unloaded a lot. He looks a little bit worried. Sam thinks I might lose my job. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But anyway, we're going to put a pin in it here. We're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about the community of God, what that looks like, and how God, God taught us to navigate through some of these really hard adversarial topics. We'll be right back. We hope you are enjoying today's show. We believe that God has given us a voice to impact communities and regions all over the world. If you would like to make sure that voice is heard, please partner with us today by visiting www.expressionradio.org and click donate. You can also text give by texting the dollar amount followed by the word radio to the number 84321. First time text givers, please choose Expression Church of Huntington when prompted. All gifts are tax deductible. Join us as we change the world. Welcome back, everybody. Um, We're going to pick up the conversation here um, with talking about some of these really hard um, topics, I guess you could say, in life. And I guess one of the hardest topics that you can kind of mine through as a a Christian is the topic of, of suffering. Um, and it's again one of those questions that's been that's been posed to me that you know um, non-believers have a hard time understanding if suffering is going to happen if it rains on the just and the unjust, Doug, and suffering is going to happen whether you believe in your God or not. Then what is the point in believing in a God if you're going to suffer anyway? Um, and it's a valid. It's a valid question um, because it does. The Bible says clearly it rains on the just and the unjust. Um, And though I am going to live life with challenges and heartaches and disappointments, um, I'm going to have to suffer just because the world that I live in. Um, Because, again, we said earlier, you change the world through the heart of man. Not every man is going to have a heart change. They don't desire it. So you have to, just like Adam and Eve, you have to live in a world with kingdom number two principles acting, violence, hatred, bigotry, all those things. Um, I can tell you as a God believer that going through suffering with a belief in God makes it tolerable, makes it bearable, and gives you hope. Unless you have sat and spoke to someone, and I have, unless you've spoke to people who literally, um, not even agnostic, but are are definitive atheists and have no belief in a God or any higher power at all, they lack hope. Um, And they are are really um, isolated, lonely people. Does that make sense? so that would be my answer to someone um, who would ask that question about suffering is, you know, um, yeah, your suffering is going to happen, but suffering with God walking you through it, it gives you hope at the end of the day. I think about, I went yesterday, a dear friend of mine lost her mother. Tragic, tragic accident. And here's a good example of it. Um unforeseeable happened right before christmas crushing devastating this entire family 
And I remember her saying, as she's standing over her mother's casket, I know that I will see her again one day. That is hope that if someone who didn't have hope in God or belief in God would lack. And I cannot imagine walking a life out without hope. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Um, and it, that is probably one of the hardest things to um, ever answer is why does, does, does believing in God or why does God let unjust things happen or bad things happen? And, you know, the Eastern religions have an interesting way of dealing with that. They say that if you are suffering, it's based on something you did in a previous life, that, you know, this goes on and on and on and you're reincarnated. And what you're being punished, if you are being punished by God, you are being punished for something that you did in a previous life is the kind of the justification. And as weird as that sounds, that's somewhat of an explanation. Um, We don't believe in that. So it becomes an even harder, unanswerable question. Well, I think for, for me that is an easier thing to wrap your mind around because it puts it back on me. If I do good, then good things will happen. If I input, output, like Mm -hmm. a computer. Um, The reality is, from our belief, is that the heart of man is the heart of man. So I talked earlier about living separate from God. When you look into the face of 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 another human being, you are looking into you know, an eternal being that either will one day live in relation with God or will live separate from God. You're also looking in the same face of a human being that is either currently living life with God or separate from God. But either one of those is their choice. That's one question that I often, I've often gotten to from non-believers is, if God is a loving God, why would he send me to hell? And the answer is this, is that God is a loving God, and He doesn't want to live separate from you. That was the template we had in the, in the garden. But He gives you a choice. He's never going to make you spend eternity with, him, with you, because He's not going to make you spend your lifetime with Him here, right? Um, so when you look at those Eastern cultures and they make it all about them, like something I did, if if I do the right thing, then the right thing will come to me. You have you're devoid of that of that choice that other people have that choose to live separate from God and choose to operate in depravity, choose to operate in violence, choose to operate in those things. And if they other people are choosing that, and they clearly are, we have to just like Adam and Eve. When they had their family outside of the garden, we have to learn how to cohabitate in the presence. We don't have to activate, and we don't have to operate in it. But we have to. We have. We would be. It'd be asinine for me to sit here and tell you that we don't have to experience the evil that's in the world. That's asinine. And I think sometimes as Christians, we polish this up and make make people believe. That gosh, if you just if you just choose the cross, if you just choose Jesus, then you won't have to experience these things, and that's just not complete. And I think that then when people start to experience those very negative, very real things, they go back to that Eastern mindset. Well, what did I do? What did I do to deserve this? Because this isn't how it's supposed to be. Does that make sense? Hundred percent. I think everybody has asked themselves sometimes, what did I do to deserve this? Whatever this is at that time. What's interesting is that. I think, and it goes back to the Pharisaical mindset, sometimes we also can get a little haughty a little bit. And what did I do to deserve God's grace? 
oh well I can give you a list of all of the of all the wonderful things that I do I do a podcast I study my Bible I, I teach the college class look at this look at this resume list of things that I do that I have earned my way into heaven and I'll be honest with you one of the most cringing <clears throat> scriptures in the Bible is when the the Bible says that there will be people that he looks at and says, you never knew me. And they give them that list of all these wonderful things. And he's like, you didn't do that in my name. You did that in your name. You were were worshiping a false god this entire time. Um, So I think that we can also kind of flip the script on that and kind of, especially in in, in insular communities um, of faith, we we can kind of pat ourselves on the back a little bit too much does that make sense Mm -hmm. man i'm really getting myself in some trouble today sam like i feel let's switch gears before i really get into trouble with some of this stuff anyway let's talk about that first that first sense of community we talked i mentioned earlier that our you know the, the the marriage union is the first community that you have and we had children um and our children's first sense of community was the family that we that we um, created as our, our little unit. We taught them how to deal with these diverse things that they're going to experience out out in out in society, and we did that within the framework of our of our family. Um, I wonder, I wonder this. Let me give a story, an illustration. So, I had a friend whose daughter came home from a sleepover. And said, hey, mom, um, we were driving in, in the car from pickup from school to go to the sleepover. Um, and the, her little friend's older sister was in the car. Um, and the older sister is in the same grade as this little girl's older brother. And the, the little girl's sister just started railing on the, 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 the guest's brother. I was like, well, how does it feel to live with your brother? He is, and she just some deplorable things that this child was saying he's weird he's this he's that and just for about 15 to 20 minutes entire car ride home just railed on this child's brother and um, she's telling her mother the story it's like it made me incredibly uncomfortable I didn't know what to say I just really wanted to go home I didn't know how to handle myself in this in this environment and um, I said well what did what did the mother say she's driving and she said all she said was well everyone's got siblings and I thought, okay, I bet you that little girl who railed on that on that child's brother probably had a thousand dollar iPhone in her pocket. I bet you that thousand dollar iPhone had a case protector on it to keep that thing from getting cracked and destroyed. I wonder if she had taken the case protector off and slammed that thing on the ground to see if it cracked. If her mother would have been like, well, everybody's got a choice, or for his mother's response would have been, what are you doing? That thing is valuable. You'll break it. I wonder why her response wasn't the same thing about her being so disregarding of another human being and their feelings. I wonder when did we as a society come to a place where we stopped treating humans like humans and more like beings, that we we protect our devices more than we do protect other people's feelings. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. I was shocked. I'm sorry, I cut you off, I think. Yeah, I mean, you see it all the time in terms of people being, you know, cruel, 
right? Like, it's one thing to be upset about something, but just the level of cruelty seems, and I don't know if it's social media, um, you'll see things all the time where people make fun of people online, or, um, and it's just a certain level of cruelty that I think that really in the last 10 years I've seen a lot more. Um, cruelty, I think detachment and just inhumanity. That they, as I said, I've said this once, they stop viewing humans as valuable humans that are the, you know, built, and they're the image of God. Like when you're looking in the face of another eternal being, whether they're a jerk, whether they, you know, are, are not, that's what you're looking in the face of. And that you just have this level of vitriol and just not even vitriol, maybe just indifference. Like the indifference to the for, to, to the, for, you know, the the how fragile another being is. If I if she would have slammed that phone on the ground, she could have replaced the parts. Mm-hmm. If she would have shattered this boy's heart by him hearing what she was saying, hearts are harder to hard to mend than devices. But we treat people like devices. And what's interesting is when you look through um, Jesus's ministry and and. He tells you how to how to live a life in these adversarial things with the vitriol and the hatred and the bigotry and the, all the things. He's clear, you know, you do it with love. You do it with respect. Humility, which I think is a, a lost art. You do it with repentance. If I have offended you, if I have hurt you, I'm going to apologize. And then I'm going to stop doing that thing. I'm not going to keep doing that thing in the name of grace. I'm going to stop hurting you. Um, and treating other people with value um, and gratitude. I am so thankful, God, that as deplorable as I am in the sin that I still have in my life, that you bless me, that I cannot help but to treat other people with respect. I can't help to treat other people with kindness because who am I to treat anyone less than the way that you treat me? Does that make sense? Amen. <laughs> well, I will end it on amen, Sam. How's that? Well, anyway, thank you, Loyal Table listeners. I hope if I offended you, I'm sorry. (laughs) But I'm probably, unless God changes me, not changing my mind yet. But I will see you next week. We hope you are enjoying today's show. We believe that God has given us a voice to impact communities and regions all over the world. If you would like to make sure that voice is heard, please partner with us today by visiting www.expressionradio.org and click donate. You can also text give by texting the dollar amount followed by the word radio to the number 84321. First time text givers, please choose Expression Church of Huntington when prompted. All gifts are tax deductible. Join us as we change the world.